Why had my father chosen this life for himself and for us? My mother contended that he sought in the egg business to earn Daddy Carey's admiration, which, sadly, never came. My father's siblings had long ago fled the farm and Daddy Carey's tyranny, but my father had remained, walking distance from the cold, brutal man who seemed to dominate him with little more than an exercise of silence. Daddy Carey, by so constantly withholding his favor, had created in my father an unreasonable thirst for it. My aunts and uncles were around rarely and briefly, and I thought I noticed, even as a boy, a certain irony that their scarcity had made Daddy Carey value them more than he did my father, who'd stayed close by. It was as if Daddy Carey respected these ordinary and wayward children for rejecting him outright, while my father had lost his respect for failing to. When I think of 1959, an image comes to my mind of my grandfather in overalls, standing in the middle of the dirt road outside the big house. He has wet his thumb on his tongue and now holds it up to the air, a quizzical look on his face and appears to be noting a curious change in the wind. I think this the feeble poetry of the subconscious, for though I may have actually seen my grandfather once stand in the road and test the wind this way, it certainly had nothing to do with the swell of change that was about to break over our lives. That year, the ongoing difficulties in the public schools concerning racial integration had come at long last to a head. It had been several years since the federal Supreme Court had decided Brown versus Board of Education of Topeka and Negro students in our county who complained that their schools were inferior to the white schools had been one of the five plaintiffs in that famous case. As a result, our corner of the world had received some national attention, which a lot of white citizens resented to this day. Though Virginia had been legally obliged to desegregate its public schools for quite a while now, it had managed to delay the thing one way or another with a series of legislative maneuvers known as massive resistance. But lately, the state Supreme Court and the federal district courts had been steadily eating away at massive resistance, and Governor Almond, once a hero to men like my father, had caved into the courts rather than go to jail. Locally, a kind of panic had begun to set in because some other counties in Virginia, as well as all over the South, were already starting to integrate. 